Have you right. ever gotten an email and you're like, wow, can you be less obvious that you want all of my money? <laughs> like, Right. And you know, and again, it's not like we're doing this to be manipulative. I approach this from the standpoint of anything that we do, that I am truly trying to help somebody. The whole goal of doing an email list is not just to get them on your list once, it's to develop a relationship with them. Welcome to The Digital Dreamer, where we believe it's possible to escape the suffocating nine-to-five, achieve financial independence, have the freedom to do the things you love, and contribute to the greater good, all by being smart about digital marketing. Hi, everyone. I'm Abby. And I'm Kim. And today we are talking about why it's important to build your email list. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Because with everything that happened at Instagram over the last couple of weeks, it should have been a wake-up call to businesses that you don't want to rely and put all of your business success in Instagram's hands. Definitely. I am very excited to talk about building an email list because I feel like this is something that you have a lot of great insight on. So what have you been up to this week? Well, my big thing was last weekend, I did a triathlon. I had not competed in a triathlon since before the pandemic started and finally had my race. And I knew that I wasn't going to go out there and be this amazing athlete. Really, the point of it was just to make myself do it so that I didn't take another summer off because I knew if I took another summer off, it would be easier just to be like, Oh, I don't really. That's just something I don't do anymore. And so that's just one of my big things I've been talking about on social media anyway, is pushing yourself to do those things that are important to you. So that you don't let so much time go by that all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, that's no longer part of my identity. So I was excited to get back out there. It was fun. And I did a lot better than I thought I was going to do. What about you? What's going on there? So... Last weekend, I went to a little farmer's market on the pier by my apartment, and I got to take the puppy, and she loved it. There was a person there selling homemade dog treats, and so, of course, she got to try some. And then she thought that every booth after that had dog treats. <laughs> that she So she would go sit in front of the booth and be like, I'm ready for my treat. And I was like, it's not so everybody. Fancy. I'm like, not everybody has treats. So she got to take home a package that I bought her of some treats. Yesterday, I went for a little bit and sat on my rooftop with a book in the sun because I'm trying to soak up all the sun before it becomes fall again. Because I feel like I feel like summer went by in the blink of an eye. It did. Was it not just May yesterday? Well, and I feel like we had such a busy spring leading up to Katie's graduation and then summer just disappeared. And in another week, it's going to be time to drop her off at college. I know. And I read yesterday that next week is the last 8 p.m. sunset in New York City for the whole year. And then the sunset just starts getting earlier from there next week. So I know you and your sisters really love fall, but this is one of the things that I do not like about fall approaching is I don't like waking up in the dark. I like the sunlight to last as long into the night as it can. 
So this part of fall does not thrill me. Well, I love fall, but one thing I don't love is the part where the sun starts setting at 4 p.m. here. Oh, that's just way too early. It um, is. Another thing, though, you said about sitting there on the rooftop reading your book reminded me that we have our new newsletter that is going out. It's called the Digital Marketing Lunch, and it goes out every Thursday. And in last week's newsletter, we had a link to our summer reading list. We shared all of Abby's fun summer reads like you would read on the rooftop or at the beach. And I mean, I guess you could read business books at the beach too, but we have a link to my Amazon store that has a link to all the business books that I've read over the last couple of months. Yeah. Business books just aren't as fun to read at the beach. I do love a good business book or self-help book, but not by the pool, you know? By the pool, you need something like fun and flirty and lighthearted. Let's get into our main topic of this podcast episode, which is building a mailing list. Let's start off with why we think it's important to build a mailing list. Do you want to go first? So, well, first of all, we've mentioned this several times that especially right now, we can't be relying on social media and we really can't anymore be relying on these other big companies like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to be housing our entire business model. We have a lot of clients that are speakers And as they go around the country speaking, they will put up their Instagram and people in the audience will follow them on social media. And the good part of that is you're getting followers while you're speaking from the stage. But the bad part is what if the algorithm does not favor you? And we can have a whole separate episode about how the algorithm works and what you need to do to make sure your content is being seen. But the fact is, the very, very small percent of the people who follow you get your content in their feed. So you go out, you're speaking, you're going out, whatever it is, however you get new customers when you're out and about in the world and they follow you on Instagram, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to show back up in front of them again. So how do you maintain that connection? Which is why I am so big on you need to have an email list because it's the one of the only ways that you can push content, push information out where you can reach out to that audience member that you just met. Yeah, it's a great way to take back control because you have control over the message, the frequency in which you're in contact with them, and you can choose whose inbox you're getting into. Another thing about when you get more advanced with email marketing, you can segment your your mailing list so that you are sending emails to very, very specific groups that are in your audience based on why they followed you or why they interacted with you in the first place. So you can get really, really specific, but it is such a great way to just take control of your business. So you're not at the whims of social media giants. People who get on your email list are already one step further along in your customer journey or your buyer's journey because They have interacted with you or they've met you in some way. And so they already have expressed an interest in some aspect of your business. They're not a total stranger to you. 
So, but is another nice thing about email marketing is that they're already one step further along the path that you want them to take. They're not complete strangers. So the content that you send to them, you don't have to treat them like they don't know who you are. Yeah, that's great because if someone's on your email list, you at least know that they're interested enough in what you have to say that you can kind of like test the waters to see what else they're interested in. I just really, really want people to focus on let's get a mailing list. Let's start collecting those names so that you can develop a relationship with people, with the people that are in your audience, because you don't want to lose touch with people. Okay. So what are your tips for getting people to join your mailing list? I think there's so many fun ways that you can do this. You can promote that you have a newsletter and Newsletters have been done for so many years. You might need to make a spin on it because newsletter in a lot of people's brains says, oh, thanks, I more spam. I don't want a weekly junk email. So if you're going to do just a newsletter and use that, I would make sure that you have some kind of a spin so that they know what they're going to get out of the deal so that they know that for one, because they're you're listening to us, you are not going to be a spammer. You're always going to provide valuable information. And so a newsletter is one of those things that you can do. But one of my favorites, and I spoke about this at PodFest in May, is to do what I call a pop-up podcast. It's a private, limited edition podcast. They come to your website. They fill out your form to get the podcast. And then it's delivered in a way where it's not public. You get a link, you click on it. It's delivered just through a podcast player, but it's not showing up in the public listings. It's just private. And I feel like that is a really, really fun way to get people on your list because you're also taking advantage of the power of podcasting, developing that relationship. You're in their ear. It's portable. You can be with them as they're going about their day. And that just helps to strengthen that relationship. What other things can you think of that fall under ways to get them on your email list? So one way that I always think is really effective and that I I will often sign up for people's mailing lists because of these is a freebie. So offering something like a checklist, an ebook, a webinar, something that they can download for free from you that provides value to them as long as they put their email address in and join your mailing list. Yes. And another one that we all appreciate from the retail world is a discount. That's another sort of a freebie, really. I mean, you're getting an immediate reward, that 20% off or whatever they're going to offer you. But that's another one that's you're going to get something of a value in exchange for giving us your email. Another way that you can get people on your mailing list is by offering what is called a low ticket offer. You're not giving it away for free, but you're selling something with very little risk, something usually $49 or less. So for us, we have our build your content plan in a weekend course. It's $29. You get the course and you become a customer but you're also on our mailing list. So now we can interact with you and continue providing resources and value that will maybe help you decide that you want to do business with us again in the future. 
And there's lots of different kinds of low ticket offers that businesses could offer, especially if you are a speaker, a course creator, a podcaster, anybody who has knowledge or information that you can sell. And just like we don't buy Instagram followers, we don't buy mailing lists. Say it again, everybody. Just like we don't buy Instagram followers, we We don't don't buy buy mailing lists. Oh my gosh, there are so many places on the internet, just like with the Instagram thing, where they try to make you think that this is a legit way of doing business. And besides that there are rules around law, actual laws, not just rules, around how people can get on your mailing list, they have to opt in. You can't just take a mailing list and start marketing to somebody. And that's why we're always so careful about spam too, right? Why every time you fill out a form, there's that little checkbox or buy the checkbox that says, and we never sell your information because nobody wants it. And if people start getting email from you that they never asked to receive, they're not going to be very happy people. And unhappy people are not going to be people that buy from you. So now how do we get them to find your mailing list or find the way that they can join your mailing list? That's a good question because we have to come up with what our freebie or what our opt-in, what our lead magnet is going to be, but that's not enough. Now that you have the thing, where do you put that form that they fill out? How do they even find out about it? So a couple of really easy things is you could have yourself and anybody who works for you put that in their email footer check out our free course, check out my mailing list, join my mailing list, get my subject line database or whatever. That could be a just another thing that you put at the bottom of any email. One thing that I did on my business cards was I had the QR code that I put up when I spoke. And I put that on the back of my business card so that anybody that I met while I was walking around I could hand it to, and they could just scan the QR code and go to that same landing page to download the notes from what I talked about. Oh, that's a good idea. You can also make social media posts telling everyone you have a mailing list and how to join it. This can be on your feed or in your story. You can also have that in your link in bio, just an option to click to join your mailing list. Mm-hmm. And also just promoting whatever that freebie is or whatever that download is that you're giving away, making sure that you are reinforcing the benefits or the transformation that they're going to get so that they feel like they have an incentive to give you their email address. Because again, this is an exchange of value. We are getting something that's highly valuable to them, their email address. So we want to make sure that what they're getting is also has a high perceived value. With the economy getting more uncertain, we know a lot of you are looking for ways to add some extra cash to your pocket, maybe by creating an additional revenue stream. We've created a free guide to help you sell digital audio programs. You can make money selling your knowledge or your creativity. Information products are quick to put together and you're doing your customers, your audience base a service. All you need to do To get started is download the guide and have your first audio product ready within a few hours. Visit the link in our show notes or click the resources tab on our website to get 
the download. Go to irisdigitalmediagroup.com. Podcast show notes at the bottom of every time you download a podcast, if you click through, there's the description of what the podcast is about and then the links to follow, like, subscribe, to connect with the people that have been interviewed on that podcast. You can put the description and link to your freebie in your podcast show notes. It could also be a lot of times you put your show notes on your website or you write a separate blog post about the title. You can create an ad for that freebie in your show notes or on your blog post, just where somewhere on your website, making sure that you're having something like an ad or a link to go download the freebie. So pop-up forms on your website. That's one thing though. I always think you have to be a little bit careful about because I can't tell you how many times I've been on a website and then immediately a pop-up comes up and it annoys me so much. I just exit out of the entire website. Well, and you really have to be careful with that too, because of on mobile, they sometimes don't behave right. So you it's really hard, need yes. to be aware of the mobile experience. And I agree too. You want to make sure that however you have it set, you're not having it set to pop up every three seconds or to pop up the second somebody lands on the page. Be be selective. It's a good tool, but be really careful about how you use pop-ups. Well, and especially think about this. If someone's never been to your website before and the second that they get on your website, it's like, join my mailing list. They're like, I don't even know what you do. Like, Why would I join your mailing list? I've been here for one second. Another way to get them on your mailing list, if you're speaking from a stage, I referenced this earlier, is to use a QR code or to have a link that they can go to. So you're talking and you get to the end of your talk. It's just on your last slide. And then if they want to join your mailing list, want to get more information, want to get the notes from your talk, it's right there. I do have a caution though about QR codes and speaking. When I spoke at PodFest, some of those rooms, when you get to convention centers, have very, very poor internet or you lose your cell reception. And so people were taking the picture and then the QR code wasn't loading the landing page because there wasn't enough reception. So if you're going to do something like that, make sure they also have an easy URL to remember so that when they get back somewhere, they can reach out to you or join your list that way. So another way is to utilize Pinterest and make pins. So you can go into Canva and just make a cute little graphic to go with your freebie that has a good hook. And then people click on the pin and that it takes them to your freebie or the landing page and prompts them to sign up with their email. And the thing to remember about a Pinterest cover or Pinterest art is that you kind of want it to look like a YouTube thumbnail. It needs to be simple, easy to grasp with a solid hook that makes them want to click to learn more. Another thing about Pinterest that you have to remember, I feel like, is it does need to look pretty because people are pinning these to their boards that they like take pride in having pretty things on their board. So it does, it needs to look, it needs to have good information and be pleasing to the eye. For sure. 
I love Pinterest and I get really excited about Pinterest. And a lot of times when I'm talking to people about Pinterest, they're like, well, why as a marketer, why as a business owner would I want to be on Pinterest? And it's another one like Google and like YouTube, where when I'm on Pinterest, I could be scrolling, but usually I'm looking for something really specific. And it might be things for a party or graduation or workouts, but people are typing in typically long tail keywords because they're on a hunt for something specific. So if you keep that in mind, when you create your graphic, just going to help. It, it, it doesn't take a lot of extra effort and it's just sitting out there. And I still get response from things that I have posted three, five years ago. And again, but, and- I'm not trying to make people feel like they have to do tons of things. This is just kind of a laundry list of if you want your form to get on your mailing list to be discovered, these are some of the places you could be. Yeah. It's not that you have to do all of these things. This is more so so that you realize how many options there are. Also remember that you can promote a product or service or freebie in the header of Facebook, in your YouTube and Twitter headers. There's a space for a picture You and on LinkedIn. Use that to promote whatever it is that you have going on at the moment. So for us, we have that freebie right now that we started talking about in the last episode about how to build your digital audio product so that you can make money. And in that guide, I gave all kinds of information about how you can get started selling digital audio products and have a product to sell within a couple of hours. So you could, I could create a graphic to go on any of my social platforms as the header talking about that freebie. Another thing that occurred to me that you can do is a lot of these social media platforms now have the option for you to pin a post. So Facebook has this, Twitter has this, Instagram has this, and oh, and um, even YouTube, if you were making a video about your freebie, they have the option to pin certain videos to your profile or make um, like groups, sections. But a lot of these platforms have the option for you to pin a post. So you could you could have your offer written on this post and then a direct link to to the offer and signing up for your mailing list to get this. And you can have that pinned to your profile all the time. So it's very easy to find. That is a great tip. I think a lot of these are small details that people just kind of forget about because we forget the features are there. But that's really a great way to make sure that your offer stands out. Or even making now that anyone can put a link in their Instagram story, you could even make a highlight that's called sign up for my mailing list. And it's it just has a link that immediately takes people to sign up for your mailing list. Yeah, that's very true. Just have it as and, a highlight cover. And and just kind of going with what you're talking about too, always remember that you can talk about your offer in a story and then use the link feature so that it takes them directly to your landing page. Okay, so now we have created our freebie. We've talked about places to promote it, to even get them on the list. Now, the first initial email goes out, they're on your list. 
kind of a confirmation email or a thank you email. That's where you deliver that product or the thing that they have opted into. What do we do after that? The whole goal of doing an email list is not just to get them on your list once, it's to develop a relationship with them. And so we call that a lead nurturing campaign. So how do we nurture them? That's where we're going to go next. So first and foremost, you need to have a great welcome email. First of all, if they signed up because they're getting a product or your offer, deliver that, thank them, remind them of the benefits of not only having your product or your offer, but being a part of your mailing list in general. And if there's anything else they need to know, tell them what they need to know. What resources can you send them to? Like, can they subscribe to your podcast? Can they check out your blog? Should they go to your social media channels? Introduce them to several different aspects of your brand so they can pick and choose. Oh, this sounds interesting to me. I think I need this. Oh, I didn't know that they had a blog. Mm -hmm. And another thing that you said that made me think of this is, One of the reasons I like to include kind of reminding them of why they subscribed to be on this list, why they opted into this offer is how many times are you scrolling on your phone? You see a form, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want that piece of information. You opt in and then maybe you're, maybe you're on the subway. Maybe you're waiting for your kid at dance class or whatever. And then you get busy by the time that email is delivered. And, and then by the time you circle back around to it, maybe you don't even remember who the person was. Like, why am I on this list? So it's always good just as a refresher to be like, oh yeah, I remember signing up for that. And remember that it's called lead nurturing, not lead selling, but you don't want to start off selling right away because you're trying to develop a relationship you're trying to take them down a customer journey. Now, if they email you and say, hey, I really want this product, how do I buy? Of course, you're going to start down that path with them, start those discussions. But you need to be more subtle in your selling starting off. You don't want them in the first email to be like, oh, wow, they just want every penny from my wallet. Have you ever gotten an email and you're like, wow, can you be less obvious that you want all of my money? <laughs> like, Right. And, you know, and again, it's not like we're doing this to be manipulative because I approach this from the standpoint of anything that we do, but I am truly trying to help somebody. I'm trying to give them information so they can be successful. And as they get further on in that journey, they might go, oh, I don't know how, or I need the shortcut, or I need somebody to serve as my guide because I want my learning curve to be shorter. And so those are the kinds of things that we try to do. We're not trying to manipulate. And so I am just always for, let's develop a relationship. This stuff is always compared to dating for a reason. It's like trying to develop a relationship. You're not trying to take them straight home and straight to bed. So my question for you, after they get this initial email, with the freebie or the lead magnet. Should we be sending more emails to them after following up on this? For sure. So I like each lead nurturing campaign to have a total of two to five emails in it. Again, because you're going to walk them through a process of 
just a logical thought process, taking them from, I didn't know who you were until I discovered this freebie online to, oh, yeah, I do have a problem. And now I'm understanding where I have gone wrong or why I need to fix what I'm doing to then starting to understand that you, the business owner, have the solution to that problem. So you're kind of taking them along this path where of discovery and to deciding. And of course, that doesn't necessarily happen over the course of 10 days or three weeks, however far you want to spread those emails out. But it's still you're trying to help introduce them to some new thought processes and new information. So maybe in your second email, the topic of that email could be introducing yourself and in including some proof of results, some testimonials, some ways that people have succeeded by working with you or... Yeah. And remember too, when you're introducing yourself, you want to include things without feeling like you're being braggy, but you want to work in your credibility, the the experience you have, the results you've helped people with, but any degrees or certifications or things that prove that you have the education or the experience to do or sell what you're doing. Yeah. And please remember that all of these emails should have a purpose. Let's not spam people's inboxes with, hey, just wanted to say, have a great Wednesday. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Yeah. I always say that you want to make sure you're providing value in every email that you send out. So maybe you're offering additional resources. Maybe in the third email, what you're doing is providing links to blog blog posts on the same topic that that freebie was just on. Or maybe you're linking them to YouTube videos where you go more in depth explaining a concept. Another topic of email, an email could be just answering frequently asked questions. You probably as a business owner know what the most frequently asked questions, what the most common questions are that you get throughout the sales process. So instead of waiting for them to come and ask those or waiting for them to self-select and say, oh, well, I'm not going to buy this because blah, 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 this is my problem. Address those things up front. And it could be you address three in an email, or maybe that's like a whole other series where you're putting the positive spin and answering those objections before they ever get to those objections. Right. And you know your potential customers' pain points. You know what problems they have. So a good way to position yourself as the expert is to let them know that you understand what their problems are and they're not alone and you know how to help them. I just heard somebody explain this the other day and I thought it was such a good explanation. It's like you go to the doctor and the doctor doesn't start off. He doesn't walk straight into the room and give you a diagnosis and give you a prescription and send you on their way. You walk into the doctor's office, they're going to ask you questions. What are your symptoms? Tell me how you're feeling. What's going on? And then they diagnose. And an email list is kind of the same way. You're getting to know them. You're helping them to understand. You're both getting, you're both assessing the problem before you throw the solution out there. And then as you get to the end of your email series, that's when you can start doing things that maybe feel a little bit more salesy, like offering a demo or a consultation call or 
something where you're interacting with them more one-on-one, maybe on a phone call or a Zoom call? Well, that is a lot to think about. I feel like those were some really good tips. I'm not as well-versed in the world of email marketing as you are. So these some of these were really good tips for me as well. And I hope that people will remember that you don't have to be perfect. You just need to get started. Maybe the first step is you just start thinking, what is it that I could offer and use as my freebie? Do I want it to be a PDF document? What kind of document would that be? Do I want to do a webinar? Do I want to do a podcast? And again, it's going to vary maybe depending on what your audience is and what their problem is, but also on how much time you as a business owner want to invest in delivering this freebie. So I would say first, just start out brainstorming. What are some of the things that you could do? And I think we are going to keep talking about this in some future episodes. In our next episode, we will be talking about how to get started creating your lead magnet. So we are going to give you some more tips so that you can get further down this path, deciding what your lead magnet is going to be, and then starting the process of the content creation. Okay, guys, visit the resources page of our website to get all of these notes and ideas in a blog post. And if you like this podcast, please take a screenshot, tag us, and share with a friend. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Who said there's no such thing as a free lunch? Iris Digital Media Group is serving up your digital marketing lunch each Thursday. Join us as we deliver news that fuels your marketing nourishes your soul, and energizes your efforts. Sign up on our website at irisdigitalmediagroup.com. Go to the resource page and scroll to the form for the digital marketing lunch at the bottom of the page. Then open your email and join us for lunch each Thursday for juicy marketing news. And let us entertain you with bad puns that make you laugh a latte because time is money.